0: The other day, I heard the phrase color revolution, and I honestly wasn't 100% sure what it meant, and it kind of caught my attention, and I also wondered, well, I wonder if that has any connection with color of law, since they both have the word color in them, and actually, I actually did find a connection, which is rather interesting, and I think you might find... That my open might be a little bit disturbing, and that's okay. If it's disturbing to you, maybe you will wake up and decide that uh, we need to stand up and push back. That's what we need to do. So, anyway, another term I've heard a lot over the past few years, color of law. I was learning the two terms related in some way, and turns out there's an actual connection. Let's start by describing each of these terms. A color revolution involves various protest movements and accompanying attempted or successful change of government actions. Examples of color revolutions in this century include the yellow in the Philippines in 1986, the rose in Georgia in 2003. That's not in the United States. I believe that's in Russia, actually. The second rose in Ajara, Georgia, 2004 the orange in ukraine 2004 the purple in iraq 2005 the blue in kuwait 2005 and the green in iran 2009 the color revolution method is simple and ancient instigate and manipulate a frenzied mob around simplistic demands to accomplish whatever geopolitical goals are intended these goals could include ousting of a president overthrow of government Creation of chaos. provocation of war. The term color refers to how a single color, symbol, slogan, or demand is promoted and repeated to inflame passion and retard reason. Does any of that sound familiar to you? What is color of law? It is the appearance of a legal right. The act of a state officer, regardless of whether or not the act is within the limits of his authority, is considered an act under color of law if the officer purports to be conducting himself or herself in the course of official duties. Now, I recall a whole lot of color of law violations over the past couple of years. Mandates and decrees issued with no real constitutional or legal authority. But since it appeared to have the force of law, the ignorant masses blindly obeyed. The ignorant masses even aided the tyrants issuing these orders with enforcement on those refusing to comply. Now, I warned you all that if we reelected the tiny tyrant in this last election, that there was going to be more tyranny. I just happened to catch on uh, Channel 7's website this morning as I was coming in here that, guess what? The mandates are back. The mask mandates are back. Dr. Disgrace in the New Mexico Department of Health has decreed that you shall wear a mask while indoors because of respiratory illnesses. Okay, now, people, I want you to think about this a little bit here. Use your brain use your common sense use some use a little bit of of critical thinking have ever in your lifetime during this season of the year which is kind of flu season right now it's a time where the wind's blowing there's a lot of crap blowing around in the air i know personally over the past week i've been struggling with uh, allergy problems with respiratory things i feel quite a bit better today Required a lot of rest, a lot of vitamin C, uh, some uh, oregano oil, uh, all those normal things. And, uh, and I started getting better. But how do you believe that covering your face with a mask while indoors, trapping the bacteria at, right there in front of your face, right there where you can rebreathe it constantly, how do you believe that that is supposed to help make you better? Think about this. You know, this is why, this is one of the reasons why, I have completely lost any kind of faith in the medical community. They've all lost their damn minds. They have. Saying stupid stuff like this that's not based on any science whatsoever, I certainly don't have any respect in the New Mexico Department of Health. Now, now that the mandates and the orders are going to come back down on him. I bet, I will bet you almost anything, these woke stores around the city of Albuquerque are going to start putting the signs back up. They're going to start putting the big signs out on the sidewalk, and they're going to have people guarding the door, and they're going to not going to let you in unless you're wearing a mask. You watch. You're going to see it. And I bet that those stores that were doing all the tyranny over the past couple of years that I told you I would never shop at again, I bet you they go right back to doing the same thing they were doing before. And this is why I said I would never shop at those places ever again. So anyway, I continue. The reason I connect these two terms is because I believe it describes what we saw in the United States with the 2020 general election. Those of us that define ourselves as patriots that want to restore our constitutional republic, our divinely inspired one nation under God, would, in my opinion be defined as the counter-color revolutionaries. I will happily, proudly accept that label. Everything that happened in the 2020 election was done under the color of law, when in fact the law was being completely trampled on by both the Democrat and Republican establishment. Corrupt politicians, a corrupt court system, and a compliant news media all bent on bringing about the great reset and the new world order made sure to not allow anyone to question the big steal. i say this because i believe what we saw was a color revolution coup carried out by the democrat party which has become progressivized and degenerated to the point in which its social fabric is now embracing a culture of death along with these corrupt democrats there are also the rhino republicans with the same goals ponder the biden family including hunter biden's laptop then ponder the ongoing refusal to investigate the 2020 election irregularities by high-ranking officials of both parties and consider that there could be some shared interest between democrats and republicans alike in eliminating a second trump term We saw plenty of establishment Republicans trying to destroy Trump, along with the Democrats, during which compromised officials risked exposure, something which won't be of concern in a Biden administration. We recognize that at the the root, Soviet socialism was satanic evil manifesting itself on this earth, as was National Socialism. Did you know that Nazism was actually socialism, national socialism? I don't think a lot of people realize that. Nazis were socialists. Thus, we also recognize that progressivism, aka democratic socialism, is likewise at its root satanic evil, and that like their socialist predecessors, democratic socialists are sure to increasingly persecute those of faith And we are all well aware of history that gulags, concentration camps, killing fields, engineered famines that are common for socialist regimes. We're already seeing the Democrat Party employing these exact strategies. Remember the gulags in D.C.? Remember the people that have been locked up there for over two years now without a trial, without being convicted of anything, without the rule of law, without... Due process. The destruction of our energy independence. Churches forced to close. And I'm guessing that's going to be happening again in New Mexico. Under the tyrant. The attack on traditional marriage. Recently. Open borders allowing millions of unknown invaders into our country. Remember that one there because I'm going to be talking about something which comes back to that. The attack on our farms and ranches, rising food and gas prices, and the resulting famine and homelessness that will likely be the result. At present, we can't identify for sure all who are the satanic minions that perpetrated this coup against our divinely inspired nation, but we can come up with some good guesses. In this case, an axis. Remember the axis of evil from World War II? Imperial Japan? National Socialist Germany? and fascist Italy. This 21st century axis is made up of multinational financial interests, NGOs, non-governmental organizations for those that don't know what that means. Actually, NGOs were actually responsible for uh, circulating all the, uh, the fake ballots that were being stuffed in the ballot boxes in 2020. Remember the mention of the NGOs? The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, Central bankers and multinational banks, multinational corporations such as Silicon Valley tech companies and others, and the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, the CHICOMs. I think we can identify the enemies of our country into two categories that would be the globalist and the CCP. I think the two are currently working together to accomplish their individual goals. Each sees the other as a useful tool. The globalists likely believe that they can work with the CCP and that it will become dependent upon their financing and business. Meanwhile, the CCP likely believes that the globalists are useful idiots that will sell the CCP the rope that will eventually be used to control, or better yet, hang them. In the West, the globalists, operating through the World Economic Forum, are peddling the Great Reset. To justify it, they're using scams like the fake climate change crisis and the CCP virus, by the way, which had a 99% or better recovery rate. All while China and and India are building coal and nuclear power plants at breakneck speed, and the United States is relying more and more on foreign energy. The Great Reset is, in a political sense, a corporate fascist model. As Benito Mussolini put it, a merger of state and corporate power. Ironically, the Democratic Socialist and their BLM and Antifa, which stands for an, anti-fascist, which is kind of ironic, social, that's their social justice warriors. Those, that's basically the militant arm of the Democratic Party. I mean, let's just, let's just face it. They've been funded by and unwittingly have been assisted in stalling the very fascism that they thought they were fighting. There again, I think those people are also useful idiots. The US has a shocking conspiracy. According to what he had in hand, the September 27 to October 1, 1995, the Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev Foundation, funded by the United States, gathered 500 of the world's most important statesmen, economic leaders, and scientists. Check out this list. They included George W. Bush. Is that a surprise? That was before he was president. The Baroness Thatcher, Tony Blair. I can't, I don't know if I can pronounce this name or not. Zibnu Brzezinski. I think that's pretty close. As well as, oh, guess who? George Soros and Bill Gates and futurist John Naisbitt all of the world's most popular characters in the San Francisco Fairmont Hotel for a high level round table conference discussing problems about globalization and how to guide humanity to move forward into the 21st century. According to what He in had in hand, The outstanding people of the world in attendance thought that in the 21st century, a mere 20% of the world's population will be sufficient to maintain the world's economy and prosperity. The other 80%, or four-fifths of the world's population, will be human garbage unable to produce new values. We'd just be useful eaters. The people in attendance thought that this excess 80% population would be a trash population and high-tech means should be used to eliminate them gradually. Wow. Have we seen some of that going on? According to an article I read, in, read by a retired PLA general and former Ministry of National Defense named Chi Haotian. China has been conducting research on genetic weapons. Example of those are, would be weapons that don't kill yellow people, including clean nuclear technology they can use to eliminate populations on a large scale. He stated that the reason that the United States remains today is that it has never seen war on its mainland. I've said that before. I don't... people in this country all the time, when I talk about this kind of stuff to them, oh, well, that'll never happen in the United States. I wonder how many other countries said that before a war broke out on their country. Think about all those millions of undocumented immigrants come across our southern border in which China Joe is just allowing them to just flood into our country, filling our country with fighting age men. Do you think that maybe that might be possibly a national security risk do you think that possibly at some point in time there might be a master plan in which a war would break out within our country how do you fight a war on your own ground how does the how does our military fight a war in our country without the risk of a whole lot of collateral damage and yet they want to take away our guns once its enemies aim at the mainland, these enemies would reach Washington before its Congress finishes debating and authorizes the President to declare war. But for us, we don't waste time on these trivial things. comrade Deng well oh, these names are hard to pronounce. Comrade Deng Xioping once said, the party's leadership is prompt in making decisions once a decision is made, it is immediately implemented. There are When it comes to war, there are some inefficiencies to a free society. Communists, they just, you know, the communist leader says, it'll be done, and it gets done. In our country, in which I'm not complaining, we have supposedly a free country, at least it's still got some semblance of being free, we have to go through channels. People have to agree. There's no wasting time on trivial things like in capitalist countries. This is our advantage. Our party's democratic centralism is built on the tradition of great unity. He went on to say that the CCP's party historical mission is to lead the Chinese people to go out. That is a term they use when they say, lead the Chinese people to go out. And that, the relationship between China and the United States, is one of life and death struggle. Of course, right now it is not the time to openly break up with them yet. Our reform and opening to the outside world still rely on their capital and technology. We still need America. Therefore, we must do everything we can to promote our relationship with America, learn from America in all aspects, and use America as an example to reconstruct our country. Now, when they say reconstruct their country... They're talking about expansion. The Chinese – now, th- this is something I really, really learned that was rather interesting in my study of this, is that the Chinese believe – now, I don't know if this is true or not. Whether it is or not is, is irrelevant. But the Chinese believe that the Native Americans are, in fact, ancient descendants of the Chinese. I don't know if that's true or not. It might be. Who knows? Who knows? But because of that, they believe that America should belong to them. They really believe this. The Chinese have polluted and overpopulated their own country, and they believe that the United States belongs to them and that the Native Americans are Chinese descendants. They ultimately want to gain our living space, rich with open space, clean air, and clean water. To accomplish that goal, they are willing to clean up America, That is a term that this general used over and over again, clean up America, to make room for colonization. When they say clean up America, they're referring to the eradication of the people currently living here. That's what they mean by cleaning up. That means getting rid of us so that they can move in.